Heroclix Borderlands. I'm your host, Shay McClure, bringing you the meta-casual perspective on Heroclix, sharing my insights, thoughts, and experiences with other players who love this awesome game at all levels, just like I do. Whether you are playing a casual home game, local tournament, or at a regional or national event, take on the latest meta team, this is the podcast for you. All comments, suggestions, or questions can be directed to our email at lostinclicks at gmail.com. Also, private message me on AC Realms under the ID of Colossus TN. Or go to our Facebook page of Heroclix Borderlands where you can message me or just read the latest articles and videos I've run across about this wonderful game. Today is July 6, 2018. And this is my first podcast in a long time. It's been over two months, and I apologize for that. It's just been very busy, and getting ready for Origins and recovering from Origin has been a little bit of an ordeal. Hopefully, you watched my little mini cast with me and Mark at Origins, but... This is my first podcast getting back into it. I've been kind of going over this, the new sets, getting everything settled in. I will give an origins report maybe later, maybe type it up or even do a video vlog on it. But today we have a great podcast with uh, Joey Savage from the Nerd Thug Radio team. And he's going to sit down with me and we're going to have some talk over some of some things that he's working on and give us a little bit of insight how we could actually do that. So I want you to listen in to my great interview with Joey Savage. Okay, I want to welcome Joey Savage to the podcast. Why don't you say hi, Joey? What's up, guys out there? This is uh, Joey Savage, one half of the Undisputed Radio Tag Team Champions of the World, Nerd oh. Radio. Uh, I thanks for having me on, Jay. I appreciate it, man. <laughs> hey, no problem. I love that tagline. I do. It's one of the best taglines in Heroclix. <laughs> uh, so we're going to jump into what I love is a critical hit of questions. That's a two six-die-sided set of questions that you'll answer to give us better insight into you. So you ready to begin? Let's do it. Let's let's rock and roll. Okay, so when did you start playing the game? What set? So I got into HeroClix right as uh, the Amazing Spider-Man set was coming out. Awesome uh, set. That's kind of when I got in. And then the, that first OP that summer, Fear Itself, uh, was kind of like the real coming out playing at, you know, my local store party. Uh, yeah, right right around that set um, is whenever I got into it. Now my, my co-host... Uh, Corey and Nico DLG, they had been playing some form of it, you know, for a few years, not competitive, just at the house with each other. Uh, it kind of uh, introduced me to the game. And then as the captain of everything that I am, once I got into it and got full fledged, they just kind of followed suit. And so uh, Nerd Thug as a, as a whole has really been, you know, hitting that hero click scene since the Amazing Spider-Man set. Oh, that's awesome. So what was your attraction to Heroclix? What did you like about it that drew you to it? Um, you know, growing up, so you don't know, Corey DLG, who's my the co-host um, for Nerd Thug Radio. Uh, we were the same age. We're second cousins. We've grown up together. Uh, best friends, brothers, however you want to look at it. And uh, we've always been into comic books and the nerd scene and everything like that. I had never dabbled into any kind of i didn't do magic as a kid or pokemon or any of that i was always in playing sports but i did like to play chess and so whenever he showed me the game and you know i kind of he kind of looked at it was like hey it's like chess on steroids with superheroes (laughs) and all this additional stuff i was like oh man that sounds great 
uh, let's just give it a shot. Let's just try it out. And so, you know, after a couple of long night sessions trying to figure out how this game is played and, and, and rocking and rolling, uh, just we fell right into it and just never looked back. Hey, man. Yeah, I, I love chess also. And this does remind me of a kind of positioning way to go. But, for sure. Uh, for sure. Yeah. Hey, what was the first figure you pulled? So the first booster I ever bought, we were at Houston Comic Palooza when we first started and got into this. And really it was, hey, look, this is this game Hero Clicks I've been telling you about. Some guy was selling some stuff. And so he was selling uh, the old Captain America set. Okay, he, I got you. Got huge you. Captain America fan. Uh, I was like, oh, I'm in. I'm buying one. <laughs> I bought it. And the first figure in there that was actually of any was any good uh, was the Red Skull and so I was like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. And, like, back then, I didn't realize that uh, you already knew what was in the set. Like, I wasn't a part of HC Realms or anything. So, really, in that first, you know, three or four months, I was like, there could be anything in these boxes. <laughs> <laughs> I had no clues. I'm like, oh, my, what, what could be next? And so it was so exciting. And then once all these so – I'm, I'm not a big fan of previews anymore. I um, And I try to stay away from them as much as possible because I still like that excitement of pulling something, not knowing, like, what's going to be in the set. However, the more competitive we get, that kind of goes, you know, down the way because you got to be prepared for everything. You want to know what's coming out. Um, but, yeah, originally it was – the excitement was awesome. Uh, that, that Red School, I still have him. Um, you know, I, I do a lot of trading on the realms, but he's worn one of the uh, figs that, you know, my first can't, – can't get rid of the first baby. I know you can't. I, I love that Red Skull. The sculpt was really awesome. I remember that set. I wasn't too happy with some of the figures I pulled in, but it was a fun <laughs> set. That happens um, a lot. That happens yes. a lot. I think the – was that the chases, the different Captain America chases in that yeah, one? like Cap Wolf and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. Well, I pulled the one I didn't want, which is the guy with the platter. Who is that, Rajah? Who was yeah. that? It's the yeah, Indian yeah. one. I'm like, ah, I didn't want him. <laughs> He's the one Captain I didn't want. I Okay. So – Okay, I know on Nerd Thug, y'all talk about cereal all the time. Or at least y'all are just obsessed with cereal. So I'm going to have to tap into your expertise. What type of cereal would Peter Parker eat, my favorite superhero? And why would he eat that cereal? First of all, it's not just cereal that we're obsessed with. I mean, we're a couple of fat, nerdy guys. Okay. Uh, we talk about food a lot. And just, I mean, it's a part of life. <laughs> it uh, is. And so, yeah. And so we, the, the cereal you're alluding to, we uh, before I jump into my answer here, uh, we try to do what we call weekly top three uh, at least once a week. We've kind of slid from that a little bit here in the past month. We've been busy with so much stuff. Uh, but every once in a while, you know, we talk a lot of nerd stuff and we just got to switch it up and make it fun. And so when we were recording, we didn't have a, a top three for that week. I said, I was looking at a box of cereal. I was like, dude, let's just do our favorite cereals. <laughs> um, that, that episode was like, is probably one of the most talked about episodes this summer. Everywhere we go, um, people are talking about cereal. Um, a guy, Scott Johnson, he uh, plays down here from Houston, the Houston area. I'll talk a little bit more about him later. He's helped me with the shootout. Uh, okay, we've, got cool. a, uh, we've got a bet going um, throughout the entire Houston shootout on cereal uh, between me and him, who who wins, who places highest, and <laughs> loser has to eat the other cereal. Oh, wow. And so getting into what Scott likes is what I think Spider-Man would actually eat, uh, and that would be grape nuts with almond milk. Spider-Man really? is a kid who needs a lot of fiber. And <laughs> he's he's real active and has to stay in shape. So I couldn't see him eating in a lot of that uh, sugary candy like I like to eat. Um, I think he definitely would go the healthy route. Uh, grape nuts, as disgusting as it is, 
and it's still pretty healthy. Also, you can't go regular milk when you're Spider-Man. You got to go almond milk for the uh, the health factor. So, uh, final answer: grape nuts with almond milk with a little bit of protein powder. Spider-Man. Wow, I did not realize Peter Parker was that bunch of a health nut, but you have convinced me. Yes. Great nuts with almond milk. Awesome. Yeah. It's <laughs> disgusting. I would never do it myself, but I'm pretty sure Peter Parker would. All right. Hey, what is your favorite power in Heroclix and why? And I get a lot of interesting answers with this one. So what okay, is it? Cool. Uh, my favorite power is probability control. Okay. I, um, I'm notorious for rolling crappy a lot. <laughs> Uh, my co-host Corey DLG always talks about how um, how bad I roll, which is evident. Which it's two dice. I don't I don't know how I can roll as bad as I do most of the time. And so when I'm doing competitive builds, I try to find a way to get myself prob in there because I too many times I have set up my alpha strike and missed and not had a chance to you know that makes or break my game. So. It's it's good and it's bad. I mean, it's hurt me because you know I I have to I get a figure on there with prob and there's maybe not a whole lot they can do, um, you know. But I'm overcompensating for my my slow rolls and so I kind of build my team in that aspect. So prob has been a big one for me. I, I I need it. I need it a lot. So I'm going to say if I sat down across from you and I noticed that you had no prob and you weren't themed, then I had a very good shot again. Yeah, you'd you. probably have a good shot. <laughs> However, the last non-Houston Hero Click shootout, um, I finished ninth out of uh, 28. Just oh, barely, missed, awesome. barely missed the bubble. I did not play themed, and I did not play anybody with prop. Oh, wow. So maybe I should change my, my strategy and uh, and go that route. <laughs> relying on that, that re-roll so much. There you go. Well, I would assume Gamora is one of your favorite clicks out of Avengers. Yeah, she's a good one. Uh, she's a good one. I, I do like her a lot. Uh, my favorite figure for a long time there was from um, the uh, X-Men set. Um, what's her name? I'm, I'm blanking on her name right now. Uh, Domino. Uh, it's from the, the first X-Men set. Uh, Oracle. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Oh. 30, 39 points with Prob, and then she – Are you talking up. about – no, you're talking about Destiny. You're no, it's Destiny. not Destiny. I, I'll, you know what? As we're, as we're talking here, I'm going to – Yeah, you look it up. I don't know. I'm going to look it up as we keep talking about all this cool stuff. All right. Okay. So, also, I know that you all big into wrestling. So, I want to know what wrestler would make a great Heroclix. You know, many a time I have sitting around with nothing to do and thought about how they can incorporate wrestling figures into um, Heroclix. And so this is a topic that I'm uh, I'm ready for. Awesome. Uh, but I would say, uh, honestly, right now, I'm going to go just current wrestlers. I'm not going to go into the past and whatnot. Uh, but I think that Kofi Kingston would make a great – Hero clicks. I think if you look at wrestling, you can equivalent him to Spider-Man okay. uh, with his agility. So you can, you know, with the super senses and the shape change type stuff, you know, I, he'd probably be one of those guys heavy on uh, the shape change super senses, not so much damage reducers. Uh, the one thing that's always eluded me with, with uh, wrestling is how do you get range? Cause I mean, these guys aren't shooting or throwing anything. You know, they're, close combat type guys. Uh, yeah. I think uh, high flyers uh, can be your range there. So as as much of a high flyer as he is, um, I feel like, you know, he would be a good hero click 
five range maybe um five or maybe off a different elevation give him his full movement charge yeah that would work as well um but yeah i think and he's not even one of my top five favorite wrestlers but i just think with the way he wrestles i think it could equivalent to uh to hero clicks oh that's cool i like that yeah it'd be interesting like you said they're most com- close combat brawlers so it makes it a little bit more difficult i kind of like your thoughts on the high flyers and all that so. yeah that's a, i think that's how you get range in there all right i found it okay so we're the x-men 009 no 005 oracle i was right uh, oracle there you go 49 points she started with prob she could fly she could carry picks up a pulse wave right in the middle of the dial um, I played her on many a team, uh, that cheap 49 point prob back in the day. Oh yeah. Especially with a flyer too. So she yeah. can carry somebody around. So she's a taxi. Also a double use in that pulse wave. Yep. And she's got barrier. So wow. Yeah. yeah. She wasn't a bad little piece there. No, no, that's, that's an excellent one that has multiple uses so that your P your probability control is not this one dimensional thing. So I like Correct. that. Correct. mundo. There you go. Looking for the multi-use. Looking for the Swiss <laughs> Army knife. <laughs> what is the hardest thing about Heroclix? The hardest thing about Heroclix, I, I think, is just, A, keeping up with uh, how all the rules interact with one another. I've been playing this game now for, what, six years, and I still – hold on. Let me check my PAC card real quick. <laughs> let me double-check it. That or when, you, when you're building your team and you go to play – is remembering all the things that work together. I mean, you probably can uh, attest to this. There's plenty of times I've finished a match. I'm like, man, like I, I was supposed to be doing that with this character. Even as simple as um, Goblin King, you know, I play him a few, a couple times. It's like I always forget the nightmare tokens. Um, there's so much stuff to keep up with, um, especially when people are building these uh, multi-figure teams, trying to keep up with what everybody does on your team as well as what everybody's doing against you. Um, there's just so much going on on the board, off the board. Uh, I think that's one of the most difficult things about this game. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. I, I always look back and go, I forgot about this. And especially as the newer stuff comes in, the uh, tokens, like, why was I playing the X-Men at Origins? And I kept forgetting about the uh, revenge tokens. Yeah. And every time you damage my Iceman, then Jean Grey could take advantage of the revenge tokens also. And I just totally forgot about them. And that's yeah, plus- so much going on. I mean, I love the game to death. Don't get me wrong. But you're right. There's so much going on that I always forget about something yeah i think this comes back to why if you really want to be competitive you have to continually play your team four or five times yeah. so you can get all that down and that's that's my biggest downfall is being so busy with nerd thug and then work and family life i don't we don't we always say hey let's get together this weekend and let's uh let's practice our teams and it never happens so then Usually round one is when my practice of my team comes around. I've got to figure it out and get going by the way. You're just hoping to get that first win, maybe yeah. a second one, and then just get, get your groove. There you go. All right. Okay, what made you want to start Nerd Thug Radio? So me and uh, my co-host, Corey DLG, uh, we, we've always had great banter. Like I said, we, you know, we grew up together. Um, and a lot of times at family functions or parties, you know, we were cracking jokes and we were always like the center of the attention because we're bantering back and forth with each other, whether it's arguing with one another or agreeing or teaming up on somebody else. And so when podcasting started really taking off several, several years ago, uh, we had the ideas like, dude, we should do this. 
Um, and then in a typical fashion, we just, ah, and it never happened. Um, so that's kind of where the idea came from. And then it was uh, just quick history. I know we're going to talk maybe a little more about it in a minute. But uh, Corey was at work, and this guy, this lady that he worked with, her husband was a retired 90s hip-hop rapper from Houston, and he bought an internet radio station. And so she was talking about it, and he was like, I want a show on this station. And she's like, all right, honey, we'll cut you a deal. <laughs> and uh, so he comes to me and says, hey, we've got a two-hour block on this radio station. we got to make something up. I'm like, oh, okay. So I kind of just threw everything into motion, and it's evolved into what it has become today. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I, I know a lot of podcasts that would love to have that kind of break and kind of be able to grow into what y'all have done into right now. Um, big thing in my podcast, I always have people turn into an Illuminati. Okay. Uh, and I just want to know what Illuminati would you be and why? I uh, This is the one question I had to think about for a few minutes. Um, and I, I'm going to go Black Panther. All right, cool. I think okay. uh, Black Panther A, he's got tech equivalent to Tony Stark. Yeah. Uh, I think he's got the agility and the, the strength and stuff of what Captain America does. Plus, he's got vibranium. Plus, he's got a whole nation behind him. Uh, not to mention, recently, he even wielded the Infinity Gauntlet. So, you know, who else really can do that? Okay. So, wow. So, you have you – have- the dreams of wielding the infinity gauntlet of course of course snap half the hero clicks players are now eliminated <laughs> done i might actually win a world title now. No, that's, that still wouldn't happen <laughs> we can dream we can uh, always dream so here we go number four on our second set of dice are you a prob or perplex fan well i think we've answered this question i'm a prob guy uh, like a little little in the back, a little extra to help me out there when I need it. Uh, Perplex is very, uh, very important, too. Um, I think right now, um, you know, when you can get some of that, uh, that the X-Men team that are running real hot together right now, they've got so much leadership. Um, and perplexed with those headmasters, the two and two are—they're making quite a quite a combo. Uh, but if I have to choose one, I'm going to take prob. I'll take that second chance any day of the week. There you go. Or run an X-Men headmaster team, and you not only do you get perplexed, you get your theme team prob. You do. So you've got both. Right yeah. There. So it, it just gets kind of ridiculous then. It does. Okay. So what is the worst thing a player can do during a tournament? Uh, I think the worst thing a player can do is the stall factor. Um, I haven't seen it a lot here lately. Like, I know the game's complicated and you take a few minutes uh, to think, but you can definitely tell when someone's stalling. When they take that extra amount of time and then I'm going to sidestep clear. It's like you you couldn't have done that like five seconds ago or ten minutes ago. Like I, it's, it's, my one of the, it's my biggest thing. My, my biggest pet peeve is when people stall. Um, I haven't ran into too many people who are unfriendly at the table. Everyone, you know, I've played some of the better, better players in the world um, here in Texas who've come to travel. They've all been super nice. They've never been critical of what team I played. Afterwards, like, hey, they'll give you advice. They'll talk to the game about you. Um, so I don't think there's a whole lot of bad sportsmanship in that aspect. But I do see some, like, middle-of-the-road average players who pick up some kind of lead and then want to stall the whole time. Um, yeah. That drives me nuts. 
Oh yeah, it does. Me too. I know there is a difference between stalling and being at a mental block. I've, I've, I've been, I've seen it both happen. You, you can, you can have a huge problem in the players trying to figure it out. It takes them a while to figure out all his moves, but then there's that other player who is just watching the clock. Yeah. Just waiting and like taking forever on your turn. And you're like, dude, you don't have a lot of options. You need yeah. to hurry. I mean, you've got one option clear, or sidestep and clear, or sidestep yeah, and it. clear. That's it. You you know, double actions. Perplex your defense yeah. up, clear, and let's move on. Instead, they just run, 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 run. And, uh, yeah. It drives me nuts. It drives me bonkers. Yeah, I like an aggressive game. I also like a mental game. I mean, if there's a complex problem out there, that's fine. But For I sure. don't like stalling. All right. So, let's dream the big dream. You win the world championships. And you're allowed to make a figure. What would you design? And please describe it. So in the year 2028, 20, when uh, the game has died down some and there's not a lot of us left and I won the world championship, uh, I would create a bishop figure. Okay. Growing up, X-Men, Bishop, and Caleb – or not Caleb. Cable have been my two favorite characters of all time. Um, I think, you know, originally I would say Cable, but I think over the past year, year and a half, they've made, you know, several versions of Cable. Um, I think there's what three right now in the modern scene, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure because there's there's the regular common one, and then there's the fast forces. And did they make an OP one? Yeah, there was an OP one which yeah. may have rotated out, but I mean, there's at least two right now. Um, and so, but Bishop doesn't get. A, I mean, he hasn't been made since that Uncanny X-Men set several years back. Um, I think there's a lot of cool stuff. I mean, he's a time traveler, police guy. Um, he always just looks so cool. I remember I bought, I went to Pizza Hut when I was like five years old and they used to give <laughs> comics out like the kids mills. And there was this X-Men comic with Bishop on the front and it was like so colorful. This is like 1990, I think. I was like, man, this is my guy right here. Like, I like this guy. So I've always I've always been partial to uh, Bishop. I get a lot of, lot of uh, heat from my co-host. He hates Bishop. He hates cable but i stick to my guns so when i win the world title in 2028 you're getting an awesome looking bishop coming your way uh, what powers would you give bishop do you have, oh, he's gotta have prob okay of uh, course gotta have prob because it's it's he's a time traveler um i think uh some kind of damage reducer special power that results in him like getting pluses because you know he absorbs kinetic energy oh that'd be nice you know maybe some some time some uh board hopping you know like cables got kind of got that that time slide where he can move five squares i think someone with bishop i think we'll move him a little more than that you know maybe a, a free move in action something maybe something similar to what king shark does uh, somewhere around those those, those powers I've got uh, I've got about ten years to think about it, so he's going to be perfect by the time we get there. Okay, so you, you got plenty of time to flesh him out. I do. All right, I do. all right. So you you survived the critical hit, so we're going to kind of move on. Yes. I want you to, I want you to take a second to talk about Nerd Third Nerd Thug Radio. How did Nerd Nerd Thug Radio get started? Okay. What's your typical day like? So we started about two, almost two and a half years ago, and I, I mentioned earlier it was a. Uh, we had the idea, never really had a reason to get it started. And then, you know, lo and behold, uh, 90s hip hop radio internet station was born. They needed some stuff. So we uh, we did a two hour block um, on Sundays. Uh, it was very awesome in the beginning. The guy was super cool. Um, he would call, you know, we'd pre record it and he'd play it on Sundays. And we'd get a call in the middle of the show and he'd be like, 
yo, Corey, this big game. Man, this stuff is off the chain. Okay, cool. And then he'd hang up, and that'd be it. And then, like, he'd call and be like, his family in, you know, the east part of the country is calling, like, hey, Dad, there's these uh, white guys on your radio station talking about, like, nerds and comics and stuff. Like, are they supposed to be there? And he's like, oh, yeah, they're, they're my boys, man. They're great. <laughs> uh, and so it was it was cool, man. It was it was a great start. Uh, we, we slowly transitioned. Um, we, we did that for about two months. And then, you know, our, our town that we live in, the uh, they have a radio station. And the guy heard the, sh- heard the show. And called me up, asked me to come meet with them. Uh, and we, we kind of put it off for a while. Corey assumed that he wanted us to pay him to be on his now radio station. He had an internet station at the time, too. So finally, I was like, hey, let's just go meet this guy. Let's see what happens. Uh, one, probably one of the best meetings we ever had. He uh, comes to us, says he's going to FM radio uh, within six months. A lot of the stuff he has is business related. But he was a young guy like us and wanted some comedy and some something different so he offered us a really great deal and uh so we switched and we actually moved at that point from recording on my pool table with an iphone to a legit studio with all kinds of gear and equipment and stuff and six months later we were on the local fm station and you know we've just we kept grinding you know from there and you know we've got as of today i think we've got five sponsors that sponsor the show in some form or fashion and uh we we've switched to where we bought all of our own equipment our own soundboard and stuff so now we can record on uh, mobily we were every thursday night for almost two years going to the station at 9 p.m till 12 or 1 in the morning and then getting up and going to work the next day out a two-hour show um so finally I, I met with him in december and i said hey i don't want to do two hours anymore i want to do a one-hour show twice a week and so he's like, yeah for sure so now you know we're on every monday and friday uh the only complaint we had ever gotten about nerd thug radio is that it was too long um you know we were a two-hour podcast and you know we'd get We'd, we'd front load the first half of the show with a lot of the interviews, the comedy, the funny stuff, and then try to backload with the real heavy nerd stuff because uh, we figured people tuned out after the first hour. Well, now we've split it up. You know, we've got two one-hour shows a week. Uh, we record from the home again with our own home studio. So now it's, you know, instead of being every Thursday night for four hours, it's like Thursday night for like an hour and a half. And then we get together on the weekends like we always do anyways. Um, and it's it's really, it's kind of helped us grow even more. Now we can, we offer more time spots to, to sponsors. Um, you know, we've, everything we've done is we've just, we've grown organically. Uh, we've just, we've taken some right chances and they've worked out surprisingly. <laughs> I mean, it's been a lot of, you know, let's just see what happens and uh, dumb luck, if you want to call it. Um, and it's, it's worked out pretty well. Well, it sounds like y'all are in the right place at the right moment and had the right attitude to continue forward. I love how you've streamlined it, how you've kind of defined your product and right. kind of moved forward and made it into more of a uh, very easy product to get into and all that. So how so how do you prepare for it? You know, a lot of people thinking about starting their own podcast. I, I have my own podcast. It's on my own. But how do you prepare for your I will radio? tell you, you are way more prepared now than <laughs> Um, yeah, so, you know, like you said, kind of defining in the very beginning, we didn't have a lot of definitions. Uh, we, we knew we wanted to talk about nerdy stuff. 
And so we'd go and we'd sit down and we'd, okay, we got two hours and we talk about, let's talk about this, this, and this. We would just start talking and it would go on for about 30 minutes. And then we'd stop, take a break mainly because we needed to get a drink. Um, we'd come back. And so it really would be like almost four separate 30 minute shows in one. Um, and then over time it's okay. Hey, if we want to get sponsors, we need to start gearing it towards like an actual radio show and do it that way. So now, you know, we've structured the show to where, um, each episode, each show is four 12 minute segments. Uh, and we try to, you know, that 12 minutes, we talk about one topic, uh, it gives people, I feel like, so for people who are wanting to start their own podcast, uh, I'm not saying this is the right way to do it, but I, I am saying this is a great tool that's helped us. Uh, if you keep things between a 10 to 12 minute time frame and then take a break, a, it gives you time you know, to do bumpers and liners for if you want to do sponsors or, you know, when we do uh, conventions or we interview people, we always get them to like say, hey, my name is blah, blah, blah. Let's nerd the radio to help bring a little legitimacy to it. Uh, but also a lot of people's attention span is very quick. If they listen to something for 12 minutes, uh, they can tune out. They can take a break. They can come back later and pick up on the next time. You know, a lot of people, you can listen to 12 minutes pretty easily. Uh, when you're trying to get into, you know, what we used to do an hour and 45 minutes at a time, you know, it can get difficult. Um, so, yeah, it's been it's been a funny transition. In the very beginning, we'd show up. Uh, me and Corey DLG both would have this big uh, notepad, and we'd have all of our notes on there. That's what we're going to talk about. Uh, and then it transitioned into, okay, well, then I just started showing up with notes. Um you know, we, we decide on the, we, we talk every day. So we decide on the weekly top three beforehand. Everyone had a chance to figure out what they wanted to, wanted to do. Um, then I would show up with notes and kind of help going. And then it slowly transitioned to where, you know, we'd show up and like, okay, well, let's make a weekly top three now. Um, what do you want to talk about today? <laughs> and <laughs> it's just, we don't do a whole lot of notes uh, anymore. I think our, our banter has grown so much that there's been a lot of times, a lot of, we do it weekly, right? Twice a week. Right. So a lot of times there's some good stuff going on. Uh, movies coming out, um, new hero click sets, uh, wrestling events. So, you know, we can talk current events. And then there a lot of times there's a week where there's nothing going on. And so it's like, what do you want to talk about this week? It's like, there's nothing happening. And so, it, you know, we got to the point where we would sit down and, you know, when you, you listen to the show, a lot of it in the very beginning is we just we talk about our personal lives. What's been going on right. with us? And Corey may be like, hey, I've got an idea. And he starts on one topic and then we just run like we just we bounce stuff off of each other. And so we've, we've kind of gotten away. And I would suggest make yourself notes. Keep yourself on target. Um, that's the right way to do it. Um, we've been doing it so long now that we kind of can um, get away with it. I still will show up and I'll have my cell phone. Like, okay, these are the five topics I want to make sure we talk about, or we need to make sure we do this, this, and this. Um, and then a lot of it, we just we banter and we go from there. Uh, we don't. I think out of 141 episodes we've done now, there's only been one episode we've ever done where we're like, that was garbage. We, we can't, we can't do that. I, that's an awesome percentage. And I, from what I'm, from what I hear from you, and what I'm taking from it, and what I have noticed. If you if you if you have fun and passion, it really helps a podcast. It does. I think there's 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 several aspects that make a podcast great. Um, you have to believe in what you're you're talking about and that, that passion. Um, and you there, there's been plenty of podcasts I've listened to where you just you don't see the passion and it's hard to listen to. Um, yeah. You have to have fun doing it because as you, I mean you know you've been doing this for a little bit now. 
Uh, we've been 141. I think we're about to release 142 um, this past weekend. Um, it can become monotonous, you know, and it can become, you know, there were days where in the very, very beginning, I looked forward to every Thursday night getting together and, and just, you know, getting at it and recording stuff. And I, I would leave the studio feeling refreshed. You know, and then it's, you know, there were definitely stretches where I was like, "Ah, it's Thursday again. I'm going to be there for four hours recording this, you know, and like it becoming honest, but you have to have fun. And even those days, as soon as I got to the studio or we started recording, then like everything went away and it was just fun. Um, And I think the other thing, if, if like with you, you're doing a one man, you're interviewing people. That's awesome. That can work. Um, and I like, I like those podcasts. You get different perspectives every week, but if you're going to be a two man or a three man team, you really have to define your roles and stick into them. Um, for instance, we've got Nico, who's our producer. He does a lot of the producing roles. He'll chime in here and there, but he knows that his main job isn't to really talk. Um, he's to make sure the show is recorded, right? We're on time. He understands his role. He sticks to it. Uh, Corey's very funny. Um, he, he's very witty. He's quick. He knows when to pick up the conversation. You look at it from a radio standpoint. He's what everyone calls the second mic. Um, and you know, I'm you know, I'm I'm the first mic. I'm not as I'm not as witty and funny as Corey, um, even though I think I am. But I, I know that, that I'm not. But what I do is I do a good job of just controlling the tempo and keeping the show running and letting him do all of the, the funny and, and the stories and stuff. And you really have to buy into that role and stick to it. Um, there's been several times where I travel a lot with my kids. They're very competitive in sports. Um, Corey has no kids, so he doesn't travel a whole bunch. So there's been times where I'm gone and he has to step into that first mic role. And he's like, it's, this is difficult. I don't know how you do it. Like I can't, it's not the same. Same thing with me. I, you know, he misses a couple and we have a guy step in. We've got a good buddy, angry Zach that fills in a lot with us. Um, and when it's me and him, it's still a little different because we don't, you know, he doesn't understand that second mic role. So I think, you know, if you're, if you're a multiple person podcast, you got to define your roles and you've got to stick to them and just own them. Like there's nothing, nothing taken away from Corey. I mean, you know, or myself, like, right. He's funnier than me. Let's let him be funny. I'll step in. I'll lead the show. And that's why they call me the captain. There you go. And that is excellent advice for podcasters. I love that advice. You know, define your role, stick to it, know what you're doing. I think think that's excellent. And that can produce high quality podcasts. That's why y'all are one of the better ones. The idea was this was going to be Corey DLG show. And I was just going to come in and fill in, you know, couple segments here and there to help him out and when we did the first episode he's like yeah th- i can't do this like you're gonna have to do this with me uh and it was just a natural progression but yeah you define your roles you stick to them um, with that passion having fun um people will buy into it there you go and i tell you it is it is an amazingly fun podcast to listen to Thank y'all are just amazing much. we have a great, right. great time oh yes you get to okay so i'm gonna jump out of here clicks because this is a big passion of mine i know i know i can tell it might be of yours so we'll just okay, do it. okay let's talk about basketball <laughs> this is in the news everywhere so i just gotta know you're in houston who do yes. the rockets need they gotta they gotta get past golden state i thought it was chris paul man's never made it to the finals so um, who do y'all need when you look at who's out there in free agency I don't think there's a guy out there besides them needing to re-sign Clint Capella. I don't think that there is a guy out there that can help them, to be honest, this year. Um, I think the biggest thing is what the Rockets need is they need to stay healthy. 
Uh, we pushed Golden State to Game Seven with no Chris Paul. That's uh, true. You know, with Chris Paul, we're 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 a different team. We're, um, you know, the I think it was Game Six. Harden was struggling a little bit. Paul was going crazy the whole game, dropping shots. Um, you know, we were we were we were firing all cylinders. Uh, but then he pulls up lame. Injuries have always been a problem with his. Um, and so I think you know we've got the right pieces. Uh, but with the love of what sports is, it's a matter of everyone staying healthy. That's uh, true. So I think this next year is going to be crazy in the West. Uh, it's going to be insane. Uh, and so I don't, you know, I don't. Can we stay healthy? Can Can James Harden compete at the same level he did this year? Uh, that's that's also going to be the big thing. Uh, we added some pieces towards the middle of the season that you know will help out for a full season. Um, but yeah, I mean, looking out out what's out there, I don't I don't think there's anything out there that entices me and says we need to go get that guy. Um, okay. Yeah, or, yeah. Or can we afford him? Oh, that, that's true. I mean, James Harden had an excellent year. Um, I felt like he was the best player during the regular season. And, you know, y'all mesh for some reason. Him and Paul fit together really well. You can't always find that. You can't find that. Capella was a very good one. Um, the only guy I ever thought of that maybe y'all could go get is maybe Jimmy Butler. Uh, yeah, I mean, that would be. I just don't uh, – I think he's got his sights set somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, also, with the max deal they gave to Chris Paul, probably what they're going to have to punch out for Capella, there's not going to be a whole lot of money left to go around. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Uh, we did lose Trevor Ariza. Uh, I think he went to Phoenix. Not a uh, huge impact, but he did have he, he did make some plays down the stretch uh, during the regular season, so we got to replace him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, back – there weren't a whole lot of super teams back in the day, but they're, you know – you know those Lakers ran that three man, uh, that three man team, that two man team with uh, Shaq and Kobe. Uh, yeah. I think with with Harden, Paul, and Capella. I mean, watching Harden put moves on people and then just float it in the air for Capella is amazing to watch. Oh, it, I think that's I remember, something you got to get into. I, and I, I remember watching the finals, and it's it's kind of like you said on your uh, about your advice for podcasters. They each know their role. Yep. You know, Paul is a game manager. That's what he does. Harden is a scorer, go out full throttle, Capella, clean up, dunk, be an option just to get, relieve some pressure. So, yeah, if they continue that, they should be a very competitive team. And I think, so. think Will, I mean, besides the boogie signing with Golden State, which is only there for about a half a year, you know, they still match up very favorably with the I think dance. so, too. Um, and I think probably our next topic we're about to get into with some added firepower to the West. Um, I think that playoff seeding is going to be real big to determine what happens uh, next year for sure. I agree. Okay, so let's go to it. LeBron in L.A., good or bad? Bad. Bad. Bad why? I think bad for him. I um, Here's the deal. Nine years in a row he's been to the finals, all in the East. Yeah. He is the king of the East. Uh, most of those years, minus – maybe the few in Miami, he pretty much could carry his entire team to the NBA Finals. Um, the West has always been, not always, but here for the last few years has been a shootout, man. Uh, with Golden State, uh, OKC, um, with the Rockets, uh, the Trailblazers even do a little bit of crazy stuff here and there. The Clippers for a while before they lost everybody were, you know, tough to get through um, and now LeBron comes to the Lakers which are this going to be the second best team 
in L- in California. Um, now he's going to have to get through all those teams just to get to the finals. Uh, I'm not so sure about some of the pieces they put around him so far, uh, how they're going to mesh together. Um, you know, we talked about this a couple episodes back. Um, me and Corey did uh, about um, LeBron, and he was convinced LeBron would stay in uh, in Cleveland. Uh, for me, I uh, I anticipated maybe Philly, maybe even down back down to Miami. I just I you know I'd heard the rumors about him going to L.A. and his kid going to school there and blah blah blah. But I think it wasn't a very smart move if he wants to win titles. You know he'll get that Laker lore and he's got that money and he can live in Hollywood. Maybe this is the next step for his career. He did that that movie with Amy Schumer. Uh, right. What he wants to get more into, but from a basketball standpoint. You've made it real difficult for yourself to get back to the finals. Real difficult. Right. The Lakers aren't a team that's set up with the type of players that that helps LeBron be very successful. Um, the catch and shoot guys that no. he needs around him. He doesn't he need a lot of shooters. Yes, he he does. He's a high usage guy. The ball has to be in his hand a lot. Yep. I, I'm I'm a Philly fan. I'm also a Utah Jazz fan. But Utah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, is Carl Malone John Stockton growing up? Come on. I hate Carl. Oh <laughs> uh, well. Least favorite Carl Malone, John Stockton, Jeff Hornacek. Like I hated those guys in the early nineties. <laughs> well, I know you gotta hate what's good. You know, that's what happened. <laughs> they were good, don't get me wrong. I just hated them. <laughs> well, I'll, I, I'm not going to sit here and argue the virtues of Carl Malone and John Stockton with you, and Jeff, or nor Jeff Hornacek. No problem. Uh, I do like Carl Malone now. I mean, you know, basketball-wise, I didn't, but he did step into a wrestling ring. So that was pretty cool. Oh, it was, and he 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 had his role. I don't think he'd be as successful in the modern day. Maybe not. He'd be moderately successful. He'd have to change his game a little bit. However, uh, being a Philly fan, I was always worried about LeBron going to Philly and hurting Ben Simmons. Yeah, that's true. I just, you know, that mentor aspect, you know, I think Philly, you know, I think now, and I think the next question you're going to ask me, who's the best team in the NBA? And um, I'm just going to take Golden State out of it because they have been the best team in the NBA for the last however many years. Okay. I think this opens up to where the, the best team in the NBA now could be Philly or Boston. Um, I think the East is wide open now. Um, and Boston, look what Boston did without Kyrie Irving, without Gordon Hayward. We're going to get both of them back for this year. They stick it together. They could rule the East for a while. But on the flip side, Philly, um, they had some, so much young talent, and they can do well without LeBron in the East. You know, this is going to be a big year for them. You know, it could be them running the East for, for several years. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm going to be very honest with um, Philly, I think, is poised. Them and Boston are poised to create dynasties. They're yeah. so young. They have so much talent. I'd even urge Ainge to trade either Kyrie or Gordon. I mean, I don't know. To me, one of those two might need to leave to create a long and lasting legacy there. Uh, Philly, I really wanted them to get Kawhi. Or – I don't think it'll happen. Clay Thompson. I think. I just, I definitely, the the one thing that taken away from LeBron leaving the East for me is now the East is wide open. Who's going to step up? 
you know, who's going to take, you know, Toronto are going to blow themselves up. Um, so I think it really opens the door for Philly or Boston to kind of step in there and be that top team for the next four or five years. Oh, yeah. I agree. And I like Embiid. He is a fun guy, though. <laughs> NBA. Sure. Sure. But, all right, so that was our little brief foray into the NBA, and I could talk about the NBA forever. A little break. Yeah, a little, little, little clicks break there. But uh, let's jump into the main topic, and I named this main topic WrestleMania. You have created what we call the Houston, what you call the Houston Hero Clicks Shootout. Am That's I right? right. Okay, so why don't you tell what, what it is? What is it? So what the Houston Hero Clicks Shootout is, it's a um, – for anybody, the idea kind of came from – uh, the rodeo you're out here in Houston. The Houston rodeo is huge. Um, you know, it's it's big in Vegas everywhere, but the rodeo in Houston is huge. Um, so when we were trying to figure out um, how to make this happen and, and what to do, we kind of looked at it from that aspect. Let's can we get four stores in the Houston area to host an event, um, and then you know the competitors who place in top places can earn a event into a finals. Um, and so that's what we've, we've done. We've reached, we've gotten four stores in the greater Houston area to host uh, an event uh, that will, you know, accumulate into a finals uh, at, at the very end, uh, just in time, about a month out from the ROC finals, affiliated with the ROC and Howard Brock. Um, and so we, that's that's kind of what the the HeroClick shootout uh, it is. You know, it's each store is holding a uh, super queue. Uh, so there's ROC points involved already um, beyond just the shootout. And then, you know, we were talking before the show started, you know, anybody who wins one of the shootouts uh, gets into the mega super Q final was what it really is uh, through ROC. They get in for free. Anybody who top eights uh, buys in for 25. Um, and then if you play in at least two of our four events, then you can buy your way in for 35. Um, so that's the nuts and bolts of, of what's going on. Uh, it's you know it's a little different format uh, than what everyone's doing right now. A little change of pace. Uh, all of the events are 400 point um, ROC age uh, limited, so you know not a lot of no uh, resources. We've got a ban list, uh, some figures and stuff that are banned. You know, make it a little bit more competitive. Uh, we're two events down now. We've had great turnouts at both. Uh, there's definitely a buzz about it, you know, definitely the Texas area. Uh, so it, it's it's starting off strong. All right. So every every event is going to be this 400 rock age, right? Corner Rock Age, and then the finals, uh, the championship, super mega, whatever they call it, uh, that one will be 300 modern. 300 modern. Okay. 300 modern. All right. So, okay. So you can use old pieces, come in, you can – go to just one if you wanted to and it would still give you points for the rock right yes yeah it's still affiliated with the roc so there are there's super cues each event is a, is a super queue through the roc so you're still getting those roc points um and such and got a really cool thing that you know the maps top four win maps oh, um, nice. it's those neoprene maps but on the middle of the map it's got the ROC logo, it's got Nerd Thug's logo, and it's got the store that you played at's logo. Oh, oh, that's awesome. That's a nice little added feature to it. I like that. That's really Yeah, cool. that was kind of the one of the extra little ads we had for this one. Um, we have future ideas uh, with Howard to do something bigger map-wise uh, next year. But, yeah, it was a cool start. You know, it was really – it's a real surreal feeling that uh, first event looking at, you know, four hero clip maps that have – my nerd thug logo on them uh, <laughs> thinking like, man, that's, that's so cool. Like that's who else is doing that? You know, I know that's yeah. awesome. Hey, what does it take to get it organized? 
Man, it uh, it was a lot more difficult in the beginning than I thought. You know, never done anything like this, so everything was scratch. You know, we uh, so Majestics is doing their open out in California, right? And so our local gaming store, Space Cadets Gaming, gaming shout out. Uh, we play there on Saturdays. A couple of the guys from Team Ragnarok also play there. Uh, and so we were sitting around after a Saturday game and talking about the Majestics Open, how cool that is. I mean, I mean that's such a cool idea. I'm a competitive guy, um, whether it be hero clicks or baseball or whatever. I'm, just, I'm competitive. I want to I compete. And, mm-hmm. you know, seeing that they're doing like something special like that, I was like, man, why isn't there something like that out here? And I always had that thought once I saw the Open you know, announced. Well, the Ragnarok guys had the same idea and they were like, how can we make it work? And I just remember looking at them and, and it was that redneck saying, here, hold my beer and watch this. <laughs> uh, made one text to Howard. Uh, Howard had been on our show before. Um, so we um, kind of have not a, you know, we're not like best friends, but we do have a working relationship. So I texted him up. I said, Hey, Texas, we want to do something similar to the open. What are your thoughts? And he texted me back. He said, that sounds a great idea. I was like, let's talk tomorrow and we'll figure it out. So, you know, me and Howard sat down on the phone and um, initially talked about it. Then we got a Skype message with uh, Mike Hoffman, who's been, um, who was the judge at Space Cadets. He judged the first event. And we went through a bunch of different questions, set up a format. Uh, and then it was, can we find four stores? Well, my local gaming store, Space Cadets Gaming Gaming, they're big in the ROC scene. They've hosted states the past several years in a row. Uh, they hold at least two events a year, ROC-wise, maybe three. Uh, so he's like, I'll take the first event. I'll take the championship event. Okay, cool. Um, but then it was kind of difficult getting you know some of the stores to commit for whatever reason. Uh, so my buddy Scott Johnson, who I mentioned earlier, he um, he plays very you know competitively. And he said, I can help. And within a, within a week, I think, we started this. In April, the idea came up, and the first event was in June. So we moved very wow. quickly. Uh, he thought about three stores that want to do it, and two of them have never hosted a ROC event. Um, and so we brought some some uh, some people into their store. You know, this last event, um, so the guy was super excited. Uh, once we got that, you know, away, then it was okay. Let's figure out dates that work. So we had a Facebook chat with all the judges, and you know, I'm kind of the point man on everything. I, I'm the point of contact to Howard. So, you know, we work through, everybody pays me and then I pay Howard. Um, and then it's really been the help of, you know, Scott Johnson, uh, Mike Hoffman. Uh, you might, you, you may, they were both, uh, Mike was at uh, Nats. Um, Scott plays pretty uh, competitively. I don't know. I don't think he went to Nats this year, uh, but between the three of us, we really, kind of taking this up and uh created this the shootout and two events in man it's been it's been very successful very fun so i guess your role is just like it was on the podcast you're just captain baby you're the captain Captain. mike right that's it it. (laughs) so now surely this is not a one-year vision what is your vision on what you're going to do to it what what are you going to take it to what's that level you're going to go to so from the very beginning when i talked to howard i told him look i want to try to do it in houston if it's successful I want to incorporate the whole state of Texas next year. Texas wow. is big. It's huge. Um, and there's a lot of competitive players um, in the Texas area. You know, California's got a bunch of good players. Texas has a bunch of good players. Um, and so we've got guys, you know, who've come from Austin, San Antonio, um, 
Dallas-Fort Worth area. Uh, they were all traveling to Houston for this event. And when I tell them, hey, my goal is next year to go from four stores to eight stores and incorporate Austin, DFW, uh, and maybe even San Antonio. And so now they're like, oh, yeah, they're already they're already talking to their, their <laughs> local gaming stores about hosting it. So, you know, two events in, we've been pretty successful. So we're going to push on for, you know, 2019 season. Um, we're going to try to double the size and incorporate more cities. Um, with that, it's going to come bigger challenges. You know, we're going to try to get like a custom type map made, hopefully, uh, you know, Majestics had that water map that was you know exclusive to them out there. Right. You want to do something like that in Texas, maybe, you know, the Alamo. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> like that. Um, you know, some, and some different stuff. You know, one of the things we're doing too with the Houston shootout of being wrestling fans, uh, the winner of the Houston shootout is going to also win a uh, championship wrestling belt. Oh, cool. From ROC Cup Championship. Um, they're going to walk into the finals with this belt. That shows <laughs> that they are the, the Houston champion. Um, so we're going to try to incorporate that a little bit more into the next year. Maybe, you know, a belt for the Houston area, a belt for the Dallas, San Antonio, and then maybe one entire state of Texas. Uh, just something a little extra, you know. I think a little extra to, to help the game out a little bit and create buzz. Oh, yeah. And so that was kind of my goal, you know. I mean, you got – ROC events and the WKOs competitive wise, and those have decent turnouts. Um, you know, I don't know how your local gaming store is, but ours there's you know anywhere from four to eight guys that show up. Uh, in the area there used to be four stores running events weekly. Now there's two, um, so it's really we're trying to make Hero Clicks great again. Um, oh yeah, and by doing that, just creating some buzz. Got guys who haven't been playing, you haven't playing a while, who've been showing up to these events, and now they're kind of getting plugged back in. It's trying to create excitement more. I love Hero Clicks. I don't want to see it die. I don't think it is, uh, but I want to be certain that I'm doing whatever I can to continue to make the grain grow down here. Yeah, it's getting a little. I, I believe, and this is just kind of off off the script right now. Go ahead. Uh, Hero Clicks getting a little bit geographically separated. Uh, yeah, sure. More players are getting more geographically separated from each other. And these events, especially when you partner with like Rock or you get a WKO, can create buzz that brings players in from further away than they normally would travel on a weekly basis, which, you know, kind of makes them want to kind of start it again and get involved a little bit. So, I, I, you know, with the uh, with the Majestic Open, there's been a few guys from the Midwest and the East Coast who traveled out there to play an event. Um, because you know it's it, it's like you know magic is is a, I've never played magic but they they've done some right things by creating some huge tournaments and people are traveling and they're having big stuff. Um, I think this is the next evolution for this game. I mean, HeroClix is the largest tabletop game in the world. Right. You need you know it's it's great. It's like wrestling. When wrestling, when the WWE has somebody to compete with them, they step their game up. You know, WizKids has somebody like Howard fully in charge of ROC, stepping his game up, it can only make both products, you know, both entities grow, which in return just gives us more competitive, you know, scene, more competitive events. You know, I, I you know, I would play a competitive HeroClix event every month if I could. Um, oh, amen there. I would. That, you know, it's, it hasn't been that way. And so, I mean, now it's a whole summer of clicks, you know. <laughs> I mean, we scheduled stuff. We didn't do anything in July because of states and uh, WKOs and all that kind of stuff. Um, and didn't want to do anything and we planned around origins, uh, but we're just trying to give people, you know, multiple opportunities to play competitive clicks and 
It's working out so far. It sounds great. And I love the idea. And I've always kind of looked at Majestics. It almost sounds like um, you're creating a power conference. I think right. about <laughs> it is it is California has their power conference. You're part of the power conference. If you're going to create a Texas one. And then you also have a uh, Daniel Powell up in Kentucky creating yeah. a kind of a power conference. And you're seeing a lot of high-level competitive players coming out of these regions because of these high-level competitive tournaments that you're having. I would love to see – in 2019, we're going to be there with the Texas. It's going to be called the Texas Hero Click Shootout. I'm sure Majestics is going to do another open. I would love for Daniel to do some kind of similar event in that Midwest because there's a lot of great players in the Midwest. Oh, yeah. Um, plus the Midwest, you know, Texas is huge. So you got to drive four hours to get to, uh, you know, a big city. Um, if you're in the, the triangle of Dallas, Austin, and, and Houston. Uh, the Midwest, you you can get multiple states in four hours sometimes. So I think, you know, where he's at, you can do something like that and uh, have a great turnout. Plus, he's got a huge following. I mean, he's one of the most brilliant guys when it comes to HeroClix himself. Plus, you know, Sam is, is competitive. They've created this awesome podcast uh, group uh, that, you know, pretty much is now is the – the way to get your information when it comes to competitive clicks on Clickstaff. Oh yeah, I'm definitely think in 2019 they could do something s- similar to what us and Majestic are doing. You're right, and create three power conference hero click types of events that just continuously makes people competitive. Oh yeah, I, I think right now if you look, the structure of Whiskey's has a world event, have a national event, which they're their world and national event. They only do them once a year, but then their regional venture WKOs. Yeah, they're two. I, I, in my opinion, when I look at the map of WKOs, they're too spread out. They're not as accessible as you would think by a lot of stores. So, uh, Rock, I think regionally has the ability for about any store if they think they can get the following to yeah, put a, sure. a, a well, regional tournament. Well, the the WKOs, if I'm not mistaken, you have to like qualify. First, you got to qualify to do pre-releases. You got yeah. to qualify to do WKOs. Not anybody just can't do them. ROC, hey man, if you're if you're willing to put the money up and host an event, you can do it. And there's so many. There's there's those winning maps. There's trials. There's so many different flavors and, and options to try to get something going. That you know you like I said this in the the Houston HeroClix shootout. There's two stores who've never hosted a competitive HeroClix event who are in hosting events. One we just finished up, had a great turnout, more than he expected. Um, and, you know, he's he's down to it next year. And I, I think you're right. You know, let's just do this right now. Let's challenge Daniel Powell. Challenge Daniel Powell. Challenge. challenge Daniel Powell to host some kind of circuit event in the Midwest. Uh, there you go. Let's Daniel make Powell. it great again. Right. And I will actually send him a message on uh Facebook that you did send out that shout out on this podcast. So shout out to Daniel Powell and all the great work he's done. And now I've challenged him to host some kind of circuit. Event. <laughs> host a circuit event. There we go. I would love it. Cause I'm here in that section. I'm right. about six hours away. Six Be hours the away captain minutes. of the Midwest. Daniel. There you go. Be the captain. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm looking at, this is awesome. Rock has brought a new layer to tournament scene and you've tapped into it. Uh, goes local, regional, national. So that's an awesome thing. Okay, so let's switch over to you're a great businessman. Okay. Great job with your podcast. So let's just switch over. Whiz Kids. Okay. How can they create more of a regional focus for the competitive environment to kind of promote Hero Clicks? 
I think what they should do, I've got several ideas for for, for you, WizKids. Um, I've talked with WizKids extensively about doing some different things. Um, and they seem to be like, oh, we've got it. Well, you don't. So let's discuss. If I'm, I'm willing to help you, WizKids, um, let's, let's make some discussions. I think they should look at what we're doing and what Patrick's doing out with Majestics and try to emulate that. Instead of just doing random WKOs, do some regional type circuit events that tie into tie into something, you know, create, create, I don't know, let's create eight districts, right? Let's, you know, West, Midwest, uh, South, um, Southwest, create some, you know, some, some different districts and host like four WizKids opens, you know, over a course of the year with a fifth final event um, and t- try to, Maybe tie that into nationals somehow. Uh, right now, anybody can go to a WKO that can place, that can get into nationals. But what if you have everything regionally to where you can only qualify for nationals if you finish, you know, top 16 out of your region or, I don't know, top 32, out of it, whatever. Uh, but if, if you, you know, everybody, everybody plays close to home. Right. If you focus more on the regional stuff and tie it into your, you have two big events here, it's Nats. Or three Nats, Canadian Nats, and then um, Worlds. Right. Um, do some stuff. Make people make people like really have to get out there and play, um, and, and earn it and, and prestigious. I mean, you were at Nats. It was a great time. You know, yeah. A lot of the great players in the world um, were there. Um, but you always like that wild card thing. Like if you've got, you know, if you have to call it qualify in your region to get to Nats, you've got the twelve best players from that region. And then four wild cards that show up. Well, now you can create some kind of like team camaraderie, like Team California's coming to Nats with our 16 guys. The South's coming. You know, you can create you know some team type stuff. Uh, maybe do teams that way. I mean, I don't, I don't think the game. Like I said, we've talked about this. I don't think the game's dying, um, but I think it's definitely time to switch some things up um, and and try to do some things to nationalize the game. I yeah, think I- the other way to do it. Magic is great. Um, it's with their coverage of the game. Their Twitch coverage on Magic is great. Um, you were playing, so you didn't notice it. Um, I wasn't too thrilled, haven't been the past few years, with their their coverage on, on Twitch of Nats or Worlds. I mean, you're whiz kids. You've got plenty of money. You've got Scott Porter who does unboxings for you. You've got the, the tools to really make this a big type of production. Um and it just it doesn't happen. So I think that's one way, you know, social media, streaming, that's a big part of today's world. Let's incorporate that into what the WizKids Open is. Let's let's stream more events. Let's, you know, let's create, you know, a big to do at, at Nats and Worlds. Let's let's do a nice production. Uh, you ever watch poker on TV? It's, I, love, I love poker. I've been playing poker, you know, competitively for a long time as well. Um it's it's not so exciting to like watch, but they do such a good job of producing a show with their announcers and the gimmicks and the camera stuff that it's enjoyable. People who don't even like poker will watch it for personalities. Uh, I think that's what you got to do with 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 HeroClix. If you really want to take it to the next level, there's some great personalities out there. Uh, Daniel Powell, um, this kid Isaac, uh, PJ Bolin, Justin uh, oh, yeah. Cedars. You've got guys who are personalities. Um, who are great at clicks? Let's showcase that. Let's 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 put that out there for the casual fan to want to watch. I mean, what, what you what you want to do is you want to take clicks and you want to take it away from the competitive and make it 
enjoyable for casual people as well. Uh, Make it more entertaining. Yeah. And so when they see personalities and they see this big production, you know, and there's huge events. I mean, heck, after the hot dog eating contest, there's a national cornhole championship that they put on ESPN. Corn. I know. I watched it. I watched Corn. it. <laughs> I <know. laughs> Why? We can do that with clicks. Oh, yeah. I, I think you're right. Um, we need to evolve the way we're uh, showing hero clicks socially online online uh i have talked with several people like uh devin uh with happy little hero clicks i've talked with edward shelton from uh uh, uh yes starting over podcast we have he's talked about great, it he's a great personality too oh he I is awesome that guy play just to watch him play yes he's yeah. a great personality i want to see what i want to see what ed does next Yes. And you know, casual fans, you know, are the same way. Yeah. I think I think we have talked about it and we need to evolve the coverage of these events so that we spread it. You know, if you make it entertaining, people will watch. Uh, people who are uh, you, you've got to work out a few logistics when you're showing it to be able to, you know, kind of make it more entertaining. Otherwise, it's like watching uh, even when they show chess on TV. They have guys talking about their moves because they're not talking. They're just moving stuff. You know, if all, you, all you're going to do is watch people move pieces, you're going to get lose your interest. It's going to be the commentators. It's going to be the other little insights. That's where Nerds on Radio comes in. That's it. I, you all have – let's jump into that right quick. Since we're talking about this, you all do have streaming for your Houston shootout, don't you? So we streamed the first event. Uh, my buddy Brandon Chastine, who uh, was part of that Team Worlds that, or the team that won Nats. The easy, um, yes. Yeah, he uh, he's with Alpha Strike. Right. Alpha Strike uh, YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Yes, he he's is. Going to be streaming these events. Now, we, NerdThuggers ourselves, um, we've streamed events as well. Um, if you go to YouTube and search Nerd Thug Radio, look at our page. We've done some HeroClix stuff. We've dabbled in creating a league that try to emulate wrestling with HeroClix. We've done that a little bit. Uh, last year, States, we streamed the entire States uh, with some commentary. So I urge anybody, if you like clicks, go back, go search the Nerd Thug you know, YouTube channel uh, and look at our States coverage last year. Uh, my buddy Colt created a great overlay. It's our first attempt at it. We had some commentary uh, on on the matches. Um, but yeah, the Houston Hero Click Shootout. The first event is on the Alpha Strike page. Uh, unfortunately, with some schedule conflicts, they weren't able to make it uh, to event number two. But they've assured me they will be for the remaining three. Uh, he live streams them and then he puts them back up on um, on YouTube for everyone to see as well. So yeah, that's another thing. That was the other thing about the shootout is you know it's a texas localized thing you know I, I anticipated it would be mostly texas players but i wanted everyone else to see it and so that's where the streaming comes in you know for me whenever nats was going on i literally was at home and i had the day off i put on twitch i watched nats and as i'm you know cleaning the house or doing work from home i'm watching um because i can't and so i think the more that starts happening like you said better commentary uh, maybe mic up the players a little bit. Right. Whiz kids, you got the money. I'm talking to whiz kids between my nerd thug, my buddy Brandon, and uh, this guy Colt. That we want to try to get in there and do the streaming for uh, Nats next year. Oh, that'd be awesome! I think, I'd love to have some dedicated. Nothing against those guys, but the guys who are doing the commentary—they're magic guys. They're right. not—they're not clicks guys. Um, you know, they've done an okay job, but I think now it's time to step it up. It's time to step it up. It's time to make Hero Clicks great again. That's it. Fun and passion, man. I mean, when I put my hands on something, I want it to be great. Yeah. 
All right. So we'll lead the charge in getting you to right. Nats and being able to commentate. That'd be awesome. And that's a huge challenge for a competitive player to give up their Nats experience to commentate. I'm, I'm very, I've never been to Nats. I haven't been to Worlds because, you know, I've always – my kids, we, we competitively travel for different things. Right. Um, so, but I'm super competitive. But I know I'm realistic with myself. I've placed pretty well at some local events. I don't expect to go into Nats or Worlds and even qualify for Worlds at Nats. Um, But I do love this game, and I I love watching the competitive side of it, and I want it to succeed. So I'm willing to step in any way using myself, my Nerd Thug connections, try to help the ROC grow or clicks grow. Like I just – I want it to keep going. I don't want to. I've got so many figures, man, that I don't want to turn around five years and like then just sit on the shelf because the game's died. Like I want to keep playing, and so whatever I can do to help, um, I'm I'll do it. All right, cool. So okay, let's jump. We've answered several of these questions that I had. Yes. So let's look at. Here's one I had that I really want to know. So anybody out there wants to kind of get something like this, a circuit, which I think is an amazing idea. Anytime you have several events that tie into each other and lead to something bigger you can spread it across several venues just brings some some kind of larger community that you're not used to you know so i think that's big for your click so anybody how can what's the first step they need to do how can they get this started the first step i would say with me i had ties to howard um already so he he trusted me that i could get it done uh but if you want to start something like this out my suggestion is get buzz go get at least four stores in your geographical area that would be interested in hosting some kind of event. If you can get those four stores to have, give you a verbal commitment, then yeah, you can reach out to, to Howard via, you know, Facebook. Uh, you can email lucky dice, uh, tell him what you got going on. Um, and he'll work with you. You know, he, he wants to make hero clicks. Great. Right. He wants to create these things. So, you know, he's taking a ch- You know, he, Obviously, he trusted Patrick. Uh, Patrick's a big part of the ROC as well. Um, and, you know, he knew we were, you know, pretty big down here. So he took a chance and we made it work. But on the same token, like it, it's no, it doesn't hurt the ROC. You know, if you get four stores who are willing to do it and they want to, you know, they they buy in their entry and host the events, it's just more publicity for him. So he, right now, he is all about more ROC, the more, the better. So right. you know, if you really want to get something started, you know, Daniel Powell, I'm talking to you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just just get four stores who have interest in doing it, and and, and start it from there. That's right. the big thing. Yeah, and I, and I like as I said, I'll reiterate. I like the idea of having circuit events that tie into a regional event. Yeah, you it's know? very, it's very, very cool, very neat, yeah, very neat, and it also makes you not have. You can feel like you go to something big, even if you can't attend a world championship or a right. national. You know, so it's bringing that national competitive flavor down to your to a more regional level. And that's the other thing, you know. You know, out of the shootout, there's probably half the people that have competed. I don't think I've ever been to a Nats or a Worlds, but they've competed in bigger events here. Well, now this is like a, uh, like you said, it's a big time fill event, and so now they feel like they're in a big time event, and without having to, you know, travel to Ohio or Philly to, you know, get involved in these things, they got one right in their backyard. And I think it's just great. It just helps breed a better game, more in in, in people in, in interested in it, more stuff going on. So. Right. That's awesome. Um, we've gone over where you can watch the matches at. 
uh, let's talk about you. You have you were successful in the first one. Was it top three? You I, uh, I finished. Yeah, top four. Top I four. Finished uh, third, I believe. Okay, what team did you run? So I decided when I when I went into this event, I was like, okay, I'm going to play four events. Um, I typically don't play themed teams. Okay. So, I'm gonna. I was like, three of these events. I'm gonna play some fun theme teams, um, and then the last one, I'll cheese it out. All so right. I went into this first one, you know, theming, but still trying to be competitive. Uh, so the first event, I ran an Asgardian theme team. Oh yes. The, uh, Thor Odinson title title figure. Uh, no Asgardian team is is complete without him on it. That's, that's it, man. So 400 points, you got some options. So uh, I, I, I love him at 400. He's I, awesome at 400. Yeah, for sure. So I played him, and I played the 100-point uh, Imdahl from the movie set. Okay. Uh, got, we got Charge Blades top with a uh, special prob. He yeah. gets prob, and he prevents people from using prob. Uh, <laughs> those are my two, my two uh, big-point figures. And then I played the 25-point uh, Odin from the movie. I, uh, of course. He's perfect yeah. for that team. Favors tokens, um, and then I ran um, Sif, Flurry Blades, small point attacker, and I ran the Valkyrie, who's got Charge Blades, you know, small attacker. Um, so that, that was my squad. I added the Symbiote, um, and I added um, the Executioner, the Blood Axe, and the Blood Axe as well. And, uh, and being limited, you didn't have to worry about uh, Retaliators? Yeah, there's no colossals, nothing bigger than a two by two in this event, um, and so yeah, no colossals, um, no resources, no resources, no ID cards. So, so okay, so it's more figures. It's gonna be figure and equipment based. Yeah, special objects uh, and figures mostly. Um, yeah, and so actually, yeah, I didn't get a chance to play the team. I uh, went to my first match and I got rolled. Like I missed, oh, no. missed the text. I was like, you know what? I wanted to have fun, but now I'm bummed because I just I got <laughs> rolled. Uh, but then I went four and zero from that point out. Uh, wow! Finished as the I think the three or four seed. Um, and one of my matches is on the YouTube channel, uh, the Alpha Strike. Uh, I think it's round four. I was on the feature table. Uh, but, yeah, it was fun, man. I got to top eight. I played Matt Donham, uh, who was part of that Team Nats championship team. Okay. Uh, he played a really sweet team. He played an X-Men theme. He played double Chase Magneto with Lila Cheney and two Moiras with the X-Men blue uh, ATA. Okay. But I, I won map roll, and I put him on one of the newer maps that has no blocking or um, – um, walls on it. It was all elevated. So his trick pony with a magneto couldn't do any of his stuff with the objects. So you put him on the promenade? Is that yeah, the- I believe so. It's yeah, so pure elevated. That's all it is. Got the, got the thing in the middle of it. He couldn't do any of his uh, special attacks uh, with that magneto. And so, yeah, that one went pretty quick. Uh, then I lost to uh, Micah Love and the uh, Micah Ray Love, a buddy. Yeah, I played Micah in uh, Nationals. Yeah. 400 points of Shredder. Yeah, he's uh, a Shredder man. He's the Shredder guy. Um, but it was fun. You know, I, I you know, I, I want a map. It's got my logo on it. I never anticipated doing that well with this team. Going, you know, see, there were so many great teams there. Uh, 24, 25 competitors at the first event. Awesome. Uh, so yeah, it was it was a good time, man. It was it was great. 
Uh, that, that's that's really good. I, I have played Micah. He does a very good job with his shredders, so I can imagine what you had to go up against. So let me go with Thor Odinson because I, me and my buddy and everybody I talk to, we always go back and forth. What's the favorite power on Thor Odinson you like? I know what I like. I've played him several times. I know what I so I use um, what really um, powered me up in a majority of my – all my matches except for one, I think. Um, I would take, I would burn the token. So I've, you know, he's got hypersonic top dial with the symbiote. He breaks away for free. So in the match that I'm on the YouTube channel with, you'll see the featured uh, guy has kind of like based everybody, um, and I just hypersonic all the way away. I um, punched, uh, went to try to punch the green arrow chase, missed, but then I burned a token and just brought an Asgardian with me, and one shot at his green arrow right there so a lot of me it was it was i'd lead with with him and then i'd you know free call in you know bring an asgard in with me and do a second attack uh, i i didn't use a whole lot of um i think in one of my matches i used the uh the plus one a lot to get that extra free attack right uh, but for me it was a lot of burning the token uh you know that, that was my that was my goal you know i had two very cheap uh squishy type close combat attackers like the Sif flurry uh, blades no mobility but when she's held in the back I hypersonic 10 squares punch a guy burn a token now I come in for two flurry attacks people weren't expecting that um, yeah. so that, that that's my favorite uh, um, power that he does I mean that's that's know, what go ahead I'm sorry yeah plus you know if, if you, you take a uh, damage as soon as you bring that as guardian up you can kill click back yeah and and the as guardian heals too so that's always yeah. nice so yeah, I like I love I love I love that teleportation ability and that's why I call it. And I played a five hundred point match with him and I would teleport up the uh, Asgardian Hulk. That's a good one too. <laughs> he would just smash Thor, Thor would hit you and then he'd come running in with and i usually he could grab an object too. So it was a it was a deadly combo. I did use that uh I pumped him up one game I played a guy who played a full point goblin king. Um, with like a bizarro green arrow and um, something else, uh, but I took out the the fig, the uh, support, um, and I kept pumping up uh, my attacks just to try to double attack Goblin King. And he was, you know, he was going in defensive mode, so he was picking like shape change, or he already had shape change with the symbiotes. So he was picking like super senses and close combat or energy shield. Uh, but once I got up to my my plus eights and burned them all, now I was taking away his moves. He for every one move he was doing, I was doing two because he was double actioning. Oh, controlling that tempo there. That's that's how I ended up getting past that guy on that one. So that, that's the only time I've ever pulled it off as many times as I played him, and uh, it was the right time for it. That's it. A way to, way to be adaptable. All right. That's about You want to add anything about the Houston shootout? Uh, hey, anybody, you guys in the Midwest that, uh, that want to play, we still got two events left, uh, August 11th. And September 2nd, I believe, the Friday or the Saturday or Sunday of Labor Day. Uh, there's two events left. You can check, check nerdthugradio.com. There's a little uh, tab for the Houston Hero Click Shootout. They'll tell you what the event's all about, uh, where it's located, results, what we got going on. Uh, come see if you can. Uh, if you can compete with these Texas boys, there's a lot of competitive guys down here, um, and so it's 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 growing. Uh, check it out right there. I mean, it sounds like a fun event. Sounds like it's going to be highly competitive. 
So. It is, man. There's a lot of diverse teams showing up um, with the 400 point, and then you can open it up to, you know, whatever you want to use, basically. Uh, so a lot, lot of stuff coming out. Yeah, and I like 400 points opens it up for some figures you normally wouldn't. Uh, yep. I would also recommend anytime I see a limited event, there is one Asgardian figure that always crosses my mind. I have to think very specifically about whether or not I want to play it. Okay. It's always Dormammu Loki. Oh, yeah, the uh, the duo thing. Or not really a duo, but, yeah, that crossed my mind. Um, I love running up there and tanging somebody's Milnor into a mindless one. Yes, that's, that's a good <laughs> idea. You know, you know, this last event, I played a guy – uh, I played a different team, but I played a guy who uh, played Mr. Nobody. Oh, yes. Your opponent you can place your opponent's uh, objects. Um, so, like, my two objects I had, he just took away, and then, you know, I, I, I never could get to him. So, yeah, that's a good idea, too, changing that Mjolnir into a mindless one. That's That that can really screw some guys' teams up pretty good. Oh, yeah. I, I think I played in a rock, a rock Age event, and somebody had a um... – I forget what that was. Is the old bomb? That gamma bomb? Down? Yeah, gamma bomb. Right. I just waited until it was right about to blow up, and then I turned it into a mindless one let it go run. <laughs> there goes your plan, guy. Down the <laughs> guy hated that. Well, anyway, so let's jump into viewer questions. Malcolm Rush from Japan, I don't know if you know who that is. He okay. uh, he sent some questions on Giants and Colossals, and so we're just going to give our answer to him. Okay. Uh, his number one question is, the best and worst of Giants or Colossals? Uh, for me, I think one of the better uh, Colossals right now uh, is Groot. I mean, he's cheap leadership, plus being able to, you know, those walking woods um, <clears throat> ones. Uh, it's really, that's really making him a mainstay. Plus, he's got the cosmic uh, keyword, so you can yeah. play him with like a Unimine and stay themed for map map control. Uh, yeah, I like that. And you get, you know, a couple extra attackers, especially now with these new... Uh, sideline active figures coming out. Uh, these walking woods getting flurries. I mean, it, that might help bring those guys in quicker. So oh, yeah, um, for me, I, I think Groot's one of the better ones at the moment. Uh, and, what yeah. about you? I, I'm thinking, yeah, and I'm not going to read. I love Groot, so I, I want to go a different direction. I think one of the better ones, and we quit talking about is Carnage. I really, I really, I like him. I like him because even towards his topper dials, like his uh, other dial settings, he's still pretty good. I mean, yeah, he's he's, still gets uh, his cost retaliation is pretty cheap. Uh, 10 yeah. points, I think, right? And if you can 10. get it off, then you can place a, you know, a, a, a pog. So, yeah, he's definitely got some value. A little squishy um, is the only thing you ever hear about. But, um, I, yeah, I, you know he's, what? I've only played in my competitive days. I've only played um, three Colossals on any of my teams ever. Uh, wow. One time I did, I did play Double Carnage just because. So I have to agree with you. He's pretty good. Double Carnage, Carnage is very good because at worst he's an end capper. And when I say an end capper, people worry about him so much they will make their first target Carnage. Yes, they will. And, and so to me, that's okay. That's one of your action tokens. Now you're committing to a ten point figure. Go and for you're it. Coming all the way across the board to take out a ten point figure. Right. Self open. Right. And if I've set myself up, my retaliate, I will be able to respond to you trying to kill him. So, but he's there. So I like Carnage, but I like Groot too, because he brings you the leadership and the two extra attackers and he's so cheap and he fits on that cosmic team. So I agree with that. So do you have, to me, that one of the worst Colossals, I never use him, has got to be the Frost Giant. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen him played. I don't play him. I don't even think about playing him. No, I think, yeah, that's a bad one. Uh, (laughs) So I don't like Nebula, the new Nebula that came out. 
Um, uh, he's holding the Infinity Gauntlet. Oh, and I see your posture now that you're agreeing with me. Yeah, I hate that. I was like, oh man, this could be cool. Like Nebula with the Infinity Gauntlet. Like none of her point values, I can make sense to play at at any point. No, I I agree. I mean, my wife pulled her in our pre-release event, and I told her how to play her. She is hampered by that Battle Fury, so you have to team her with Mantis because that works. But then, as soon as she's hit, her 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 attack value goes so low. Just dumps. It it dumps. Yeah, I uh, I pulled her too, and I looked at the school. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then I looked at the card. I was like, no, this is not cool. <laughs> no. All right. Well, I just found a paperweight. T ninety nine paperweight. Yeah. It looks cool. So yeah, those 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 are my two answers there. Yeah. If she was a hundred points, I might could stomach her better. Yeah, hundred seventy five, maybe. But maybe. Yeah. yeah. That not with those, or she kept a ten value on her attack all the way down. Sure, I, I mean that's, but, that's possible. But okay, so let's look. Here's his second question: best and worst looking of giants and colossals. So well, what? I think one of the worst looking ones is Groot. I mean, as great as he is, I mean, it looks that's like true. a carved out piece of wood. I mean, uh, he, he he's got the Jack Kirby to him. I'm not a yeah. big Jack Kirby fan. Yeah, yeah, this crew is ugly. <laughs> yeah, I'll look at figure. He, he is ugly. I would, I'd have to agree there. Uh, I, I would. Groot is one of the uglier looking ones. I don't put him out there. What would you consider the best looking one? Uh, one of the better looking ones. Uh, I think Carnage looks really cool. I also think that Flora, um, Flora Colossal, whatever it is, uh, All right, that looks like what Groot should look like, is really, really well done. Um, I really like the um, that Doramamu, the uh, OP one. Oh yeah, he looks awesome. Yeah, he looks really cool. And he's not I mean he he's high on his uh cost retaliation click, you know, thirty-five points, but I've played it in some bigger matches, being able to roll three dice, you know, I need that extra. Um but yeah, he his design it looks really neat. I like it a lot. Yeah, I think uh going well, going back, um I do think when the worst looking colossals I don't I don't think it looks that good. And is that Red Hulk? Yeah, I mean it's nothing fancy. I, I mean I like the Hulk, but then the repaint on the Red Hulk, I'm like, eh, I don't know. Uh, but one of the better looking ones out of that set, I think, is Infinity or Eternity. Oh yeah, they're both pretty cool. Living Tribunal looks pretty neat too. Um, but yeah, they've got some good looking ones. Yeah, I agree with you there. Okay, what favorite tricks do you like to do when playing Giants and Colossals? So, like I said, I don't I don't play Colossals a whole bunch. Um, you know, but one of the tricks that I, I would do that I really liked, um, and it worked well with the team I was playing. Um, so for a minute there, I was running uh, with the um, round table. I was running a uh, devil dinosaur team with oh, nice. um, with um, Shredder clone um, and a few other, you know, small figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I would run a Maradroid with that. And so one of the tricks I would do is you know, I'd take overdrive, I'd run my pogs out, um, and they would they would kill one of my pogs, and I could retaliate with a Maradroid. We've got the power where you don't even have to hit, but after you attack him, you can place him with it with you know within him. So you know, I I attack, hit or miss, and I grab one of their figures and take it all the way away from their team, and I'll put it on my side. So now Shredder clone, who doesn't have a lot of mobility, um, can start teeing off on him. Uh, so that that was like the one big trick. Um, that I use and I liked. Uh, like I said, I, I don't play tons of Colossals mainly because I don't uh, I don't own a bunch. I, I, I borrowed them here and there. Um, but 
you know, that's that's been the biggest trick I've, I've done with them that I like. Yeah, my favorite trick was always I built a team for the first time I went to go to Nationals. I went with a Mixy Frog. Um, oh, the frog guy out of Spider-Man. Yeah, I know you're talking about. Yeah, so I went with uh, those. And then what I would do is I had Adam on the team at the time. And I'd let Adam retaliate. And then I'd shrink him with Mixie and let him hit him again. Yeah. <laughs> so I always, or I would, I would, I would take one of their figures and make them colossal. And then all of a sudden, all my guys could shoot at him. So yeah, I did a little stuff like that. So that's a, that's a good little trick. Yeah, that, that works too. I like that. Yeah. I like that. All right. So advice to give to Wiz Kids to improve Johnson colossals. Um, you know, I think. I don't know how much of a f- big fan I am of, of the Colossals. Um, they're on the board, which is great. Um, I think some of them are a little overpowered. Like you've got uh, Mangog, um, who can basically hit you for like six clicks of damage. Um, he's only 35 points. Um, and so I, I think as part of an ever-growing um, a game, and I think they've done some hit or misses um, with – they're colossals. I think the colossal retaliation is a is a cool um, idea. I think they've gotten carried away with it. So I liked when this new set came out. Um, not every colossal had that click on it. You know, it was a mixed bag, and so I think that was I think that was a good a good move on their part. Yeah, uh, you know, because you'll see you you've been there. You'll see some of these events where like a guy's playing like eight colossals uh, at like twenty or thirty points, and like one guy. Deadpool, who can heal. Yeah. They're counting on those retaliators. Um, yeah. And I, I think what, what helped is whenever the Hawkeye card was out, you could play Chase Hawkeye um, and just start pinging all of them uh, for one and then killing them. But now that's gone, there's not a real big you know answer uh, for yeah. multiple Colossals. And so I think with anything, there's got to be checks and balances. If they're going to you know, they're going to do something big with the Colossals. There needs to be something on the other side that can counteract it. And I don't, right now, I don't think there is that. Except uh, that, for the un- Unseen, maybe. Uh, unseen, and actually, and I use this trick in Nationals, and a lot of people do it, is to call in Professor X Brew. Yeah. He's got, to, he's got the triple target. Uh, pop him side, off. Yeah, side blast with three damage. You can take three off and then he creates brood uh if he kills him he'll create his little brood things that can fly him around that's a good answer for it yeah Um, i don't think the colossals are in bad state um now i think when they first came out you know it's funny when they first came out i was like these things are dumb like i pulled a couple (laughs) i traded them away and then i was like oh crap like i didn't read everything um but i think they're pretty balanced now um now that more that you mentioned the prof x i forgot you know i have that combo i I haven't Mm -hmm. used it yet uh, unseen, you know, does a pretty decent job, you know, marking right. a little bit. Um, but yeah, I think they're. This is one of the things I think that they are doing is right. Um, right, balancing it out. Some you got to decide. Do you want to play colossals, or do you want to play the guy who nerfs colossals? Right. I, I think. I think they also need to be just like you said. They need to be careful of the power level of these colossals. I mean, they can have high powers, but you better make their costs you know, hurt the player a little bit, either right. by key, either by keyword, you know, uh, this colossal doesn't have a lot of keywords. So you're going to be forced to not have a theme team. Correct. So, so then you leave yourself open to a map in which maps can really hurt colossals or help colossals or, you know, anyway, that's the way I look at it. I agree, I agree. with you on that. I agree wholeheartedly. All right. 
Uh, let's see. Which Giants or Colossals in today's game is very good, but no one is playing it? Whew. You might be better answer this one since you uh, play a lot of Colossals. That's okay. true. I, 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 not that I play a lot of Colossals. I have looked at them. Uh, everybody's got a giant girl now. Yep. She is showing up everywhere, especially with Avengers teams. You, you're talking about the uh, abuse of Colossals. That's the one that's going to have eight to ten figures on a team. Yep. Uh, Flora, we've gone over the virtues. Everybody knows the virtues of Flora. Her ability to heal past that starting line and yep. just be impossible to kill. Uh, Mangog, uh, his trick to get across the board and pop up. Surter is just crazy good with his ability. <laughs> you know, so those everybody's playing those. One, one I think that's out there, Eternity people are starting to play. They are. Which he's a great 100-point theme team filler. Yes. To give you a 12 range. And Parab, I got him on my desk right here. Oh, my gosh. His worst part is his defense. But if you got a defend guy, give him 18. This guy's rocking. This guy's okay. Um, I think one that's game-changing right now that we're not seeing a lot of play and everybody keeps dismissing because it's only four clicks deep. But, I mean, really, Infinity. She's game-breaking right now. I'm not seeing her enough. Infinity, huh? Final answer. That is. Uh, yeah, she um, – I've seen some people dabble a little bit with her, um, watching some streams and stuff. So uh, I can definitely agree with you. I think the four clicks uh, people are a little hesitant about. Yeah. Um, so I can agree with you on that side. She's uh, 12 yeah. range. 12 range, 18, she's got barrier. But the big thing she brings is that move. Her plus one to your move and plus one to your range and minus one and minus one move for 75 points is a huge swing and her sidestep ability. Well, plus can, she's got 12 range without lit. And just yeah. so you can see over everything. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty good. Yeah, be able to place people next to you and stuff. Uh, uh, yeah, I think you'll start seeing a little bit more of her um, creeping in and out. Um here soon enough. And her thing is uh, she does not fit very well on a theme team. No. And that's going to be her, which is a balancer for her. You just know she's going to balance that way. Um, so here's our last question from Malcolm. Which Giants and or Colossals do you want WizKids to make next and why? Oh, to make next and why, huh? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Man, what can they what can they do next? I mean, they've kind of hit some of the bigger stuff. What, what we're missing right now are Colossals on the D.C. side. Yeah, I'm not a huge DC guy, but um, yeah, I'm not either. I mean, I can. Uh, but pick. yeah, no, yeah. There's no, you know, there was uh, Adam. You know, we had the whole run um, with uh, Superman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Um, right. Now that's kind of gone away. But uh, yeah, there's definitely some some cool stuff you could do on the DC side. Now with some of the stuff like, I think I think what DC needs to do um, is let WizKids bring uh, some of the. Um, like Mr. Manhattan and the comedian and the Watchmen, like now that they're kind of in the comics, like bring some of those back. You can do a, a newer updated version of Mr. Manhattan that's not so crazy. Oh, and, that'd be um, cool. I think Mr. Know, Manhattan would be really cool. Yeah, I mean, you could do, you know, some some giant Green Lantern and some, you know, some lantern stuff with, with Colossals would be fun on the DC side. Or, uh, or, or go... Old school and go with Spectre when he, yeah. you know, pull pull out some of the old colossals we used to get back in the day of Spectre. We hadn't seen him around in a while. Fing Fang Foom, yeah, uh, bring back Galactus. I know there's this licensing deal right now, but you know, true. 
Now bring back some of our old colossals, maybe try to filter in some new ones. I don't know what the new ones would be. Uh, probably somebody in Green Lantern was a colossal, wasn't he? Should be. I mean, they can do some crazy stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, DC can do some. They can do some fun stuff. I mean, you're right. They um, they rotated most of those out with Superman, Wonder Woman. So I think it's their time now. Uh, there's a lot of space stuff that goes on with DC. Um, so you know, they could they could come up with something. Oh yeah. All right. Okay. So uh, that's about it. That's all I got. Do you got any shout outs or anything you want to just mention before we close the podcast? Yeah. I mean, you know, might as well, I'm going to shout out, you know, Nerd Thug Radio, catch us. You know, we have our own Facebook page is backslash Nerd Thug Radio. We also have our own website, nerdthugradio.com. Uh, we have podcasts that come out every Monday and Friday at 6.01 p.m. Um, at 6.01, so that sticks in your brain. It's a little different. <laughs> it and, does. <laughs> you know, get out there. The Hero, Houston Hero Click shootout, um, you know, go to the website. You can uh, find all your information about that that's going on there. Uh, but, you know, shout out to, you know, I've, I've said a lot of these guys' names already, but shout out to Mike Hoffman and Scott Johnson for really helping uh, put this thing together. Uh, Drew Warren is another good clicks player who's doing some judging for us uh, for it. You know, the continued support from Nerd Thug Radio with Corey DLG and Nico DLG. Um, you know, shout out to Space Cadets Gaming Gaming, uh, Cox ATA, DBAT the Woodlands, um, RNA Sports, all of our sponsors. Thank you for making us go round. Uh, hey, and thank, I'm glad we finally got to do this. We've been trying to, you know, get together about a month, <laughs> month and a half and uh, finally made it work. So I appreciate you having me on. Um, we'll work something out and get you to come, you know, do a couple segments with us at Nerd Thug one, you know, coming up shortly. Oh yeah, it'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, you know, let's shout out to those guys and shout out to Daniel Powell for me issuing you a challenge to hold a circuit in the Midwest for 2019. There we go. There's the challenge laid down for <laughs> a new Midwest circuit. Let's do all it. Right. Do it, Daniel. All right, I'm going to shout out to all the guys that have just helped me along the journey. It's Devin, Michael, Ed, John, Carl, Symbio, Malcolm, Mark, all those guys who Jesse all spend time helping me. Uh, I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. Joey. And uh, just want to shout out and just let everybody know, I any, if I played against you, I've had a wonderful time. I don't have any really bad stories about my playing. So uh, this is my party shots now. Email your comments and questions to lostinclicks at gmail.com or contact me on AC Realms under the ID of Colossus 10. Like our Facebook page. You can search on Facebook by typing in here at HeroClix Borderlands. Please type, please rate and review the podcast under iTunes. And I'd love to hear your new team ideas or ideas for anything in HeroClix. So if you want to just reach out and contact me, uh, I'm just going to say uh, goodbye. You want to say goodbye there, Joey? I do. Once again, if you want to listen to the undisputed radio tag team champions of the world, Nerd Thug Radio, you can catch us 6.01 p.m. on Mondays and Fridays, iHeartRadio, Spotify, the Facebook page, iTunes, Google Play Music. We are everywhere, and we are forever. Nerd Thug Radio. Awesome. And I'm just going to say, I want everybody to remember that keep rolling double sixes, because if you roll double sixes, you never miss. I'll see you all later. Goodbye.